0: Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, Episode 15, Public Speaking in a STEM World. The Aerospace and Innovation Academy is purposed to provide unique STEM opportunities for students and teachers. Some of these opportunities include speaking at prestigious conferences or with legislators. Today, we meet with two students who have spoken on a national stage for Humans to Mars, but more importantly, who demonstrate that being comfortable public speakers has positively impacted their academic and future careers. In addition to speaking at Humans to Mars, both students are former TEDx speakers, have participated in legislative blitzes, and are top debaters in their respective events. Michael Evard Vessio is a graduating senior at FAU, Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, Florida, who will be attending Penn University for Law in fall. He was the first of our students to speak before the Humans to Mars Summit in 2017. Alexa Ernst is a junior at the same school where she has a passion for physics and calculus. She spoke on the women's panel at Humans to Mars in 2019 and intends to pursue a career in astrophysics. And as always, stay tuned after the show for our takeaway and see the notes in the description for links to our episode with Janet Ivey of Explore Mars, who sponsors Humans to Mars, as well as a link to information as to how your student can be involved with the Aerospace and Innovation Academy. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. We are uh, here today, of course, to talk about your experiences with public speaking and how it's kind of uh, helped you out in different perspectives. Obviously, we have uh, students who are more STEM interested and focused. So if you can, as we ask some questions today, we'll be asking you to kind of connect those experiences, how you got involved in the aerospace program or the policy program and how it's kind of led to where you are now. So uh, anything you wanna add on to them about your experience of having them as students?
1: Well, I'm really, first of all, I I also am very glad to see both of you today. As I think back, um, one of your former teachers is writing a a really nice article. And so I had to go back and look through and find some photos for him. And I saw you guys several years ago, uh, some pictures of you. And it's amazing how quickly you've grown up. And then I think about all the activities, the projects, the trips, you, you guys have a significant body of work already so hopefully we can learn more our, our audience will learn more about all the incremental steps you made along this path going in the directions that you're going so i'm, I'm glad you're here and uh, hope you'll feel free to share uh, as much as you'd like about that trip.
0: All right. So we actually interviewed, um, we we had Janet Ivey here on one of our shows. And so she was a, very instrumental in Humans to Mars. In fact, she's the president of that. Let's start with you, Michael. You're the first student to ever present at Humans to Mars. Tell us a little bit about what you spoke about, how you got involved with that, and what your overall experience was.
2: Um, it definitely was an unforgettable time in like my life. And it was just very beneficial for me because as I was, it was my last memory of being a student at Weiss. It was in uh, May, 2017. So to be able to graduate really with a bang was a great experience. And really my speech was like, why Mars? Because I think for us, we all love space. We're all super interested in STEM. But a lot of people might not have that automatic connection of, oh, we need to go to Mars. So before you can figure out all the ways, all the experiments, all the processes that are necessary to go to the red planet, you need to have the people to get on board. So I think that was really what I was trying to focus on and that was my advocacy. And it was definitely just a great experience to talk to such a wide range of people and definitely the networking aspect as well. Meeting a ton of people at that conference was invaluable.
0: Alexa, you spoke at the, the last time we were face-to-face. I mean, since you spoke, we haven't made it back. The pandemic happened, it went you know, virtual and uh, we're hoping it'll open again. So you were asked to speak on a Women in STEM panel. So tell us a little bit about your experience, uh, how, how you felt having to prepare for it. And...
3: Well, first off, it was an absolutely nerve wracking experience, I think, but I feel like it really prepared me as a speaker because it's kind of like, if I can do that, I can do you know all the other things I've done in the future, like a TEDx and all that stuff. It just kind of like, compared to that, it doesn't feel as overwhelming or as grand. And I personally love talking about the importance of diversity in STEM and like getting women involved and people of color involved, because I think that it's such a male dominated field that it's important to have people of all backgrounds involved in it. And it just overall really benefits the economy and, Uh, the quality of living of so many people. So that's was something that I really care about and I'm passionate about. So I absolutely love that. I was able to be on a panel for it and talk to other like-minded people who are women in STEM, which is what I wanna be in the future because I wanna be a professor of astrophysics in the future. I think that is really awesome to meet so many other women who are role models to me and inspirations so I was just, I was overall, I loved the experience. It was one of my favorite trips I went on and I was so grateful to be a part of it. As, as I recall, that was the
0: time we were flying from TOC to DC <laughs> as well. Uh, and so, and, and yeah, it's one of those things where like all, all of the activities that we've kind of done sometimes seem to overlap, right? So how, um, how did both of you, as you were part of our program and even now as, as Michael, you're about to graduate and, and go on to Penn, law school and alexa you're a are you a junior
3: i yes i just graduated my sophomore year so i'm a junior my gosh
0: so essentially so you're at fau one more year and moving forward so how have you how has being with our program helped you learn to balance a little bit some of these uh, almost like adult experiences at the same time that you're being a a student
2: i think like time management is such an important skill. And I I think it's telling that like both of us went to the same high school where we're taking college classes instead of high school classes full time. Because I don't think, I, I can definitely speak for myself. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't learn the important process of being able to say, I need to do this then and that at a later time. And it sounds simple, but when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're trying to get a lot of things done in a short amount of time, it's super important.
1: You guys would not believe this, but we actually have caught heat rounds over the years because of the transition from intermediate where you were coddled and basically I thought it was not rigorous enough to middle school where I, and I'll only speak for myself, I think my job is to get you ready for success at the next level. And that is a, you know, preparing you for the kind of rigor that both of you have now I see it as a natural outcome that you would be in a good position if you applied yourself, that you would have success. And honestly, you guys are evidence that it sort of works. It's a sample size of two today on our podcast, but we're two for two today.
0: Well, Alexa, you go ahead and answer that question too then. Um, How did you learn to balance all of that?
3: I think for me, what Weiss taught me was really to be confident and conduct myself in like adult settings because of how often we were treated like adults, like Mr. Simmons was saying, that I kind of, I don't know, people always say I'm really mature for my age and, you know, I work, I have two internships where I'm fully with like undergraduate, postdocs, and like a lot of them think I'm an undergraduate student, I'm not a high schooler. So I think that kind of being treated as an adult and a lot mature for your age and having high expectations for yourself you can really rise to the occasion and I mean, learn a lot more about yourself because I don't think if I didn't go to Weiss, I would have been able to know that I could accomplish so much if I was at a lower level of work. So I think being pushed to your absolute limit is one of the best ways to learn how to balance and how to work at a higher level.
1: I, I, I agree. And I think that, um, it may not be for everyone, that kind of tempo or expectation, but I think for either kids that are internally driven or have a real clear idea of where they think they wanna go and know how hard it will be to get there, I I, I, I agree with you guys. I, I don't see any other way to do it.
0: I'm gonna just ask a, a generic kind of public speaking question because obviously that's how I got involved and how uh, one, of, one of the reasons why I, met you all is that i was brought on to start a public speaking program and it's not something that you find in schools in general having gone through a program where public speaking was a focus what would you say to students who are afraid of getting up and speaking and talking about what it is that they're passionate about we'll start with michael and we'll we'll go to alexa
2: i think like the biggest way to overcome your fear is just like doing it right because if you if you don't do it you're never going to be able to overcome it so it's just a matter of experience and i think that applies to anything if i just decide to start throwing a baseball today i probably wouldn't throw it that far but if i threw it every day i practice every day work those muscles i could probably throw it pretty far not a jacob de or anything like a pitcher but still be better i think the same applies to anything in life especially with public speaking it's about getting that experience and valuable experience. Something like at Weiss is like the Friday morning show. Because now you're not only speaking, you're speaking in front of your peers. You're speaking in front of a community that responds well. Because at Weiss, if you fail, which doesn't happen often, the teachers and the students are there to pick you right back up and support you and encourage you that that's a moment to grow from. It's not a moment to, oh, I mean, I'm quitting now because it didn't work out.
3: Alexa? For me, I think if you have a fear of public speaking, that means you need to do public speaking more because public speaking is such a fundamental aspect of every facet of your life. If you're, if you're going to work, if you're talking to people, giving presentations, and I know we always say it, if you have great ideas, we can't articulate them, then your ideas are worthless. So I think that public speaking is just so, just fundamental to, what you do in life so it's just you got to push yourself and you got to do it because it's just so important that if you don't have those skills you're not going to be as successful as somebody who does
1: absolutely i think uh and you guys are entering the workforce sort of but you know you can take a smart kid and they can learn technical skills they can learn whatever craft but it's all those soft skills that you guys are really good at that I think help put you in a position where employers or people want to work with you, right? Because I think, I think it's fair to say you're both very effective communicators and you have good soft skills, people skills. There's no task you can't learn, right? There's no skill that a job will require one day. Um, you know, there's no amount of research Michael could do. Either of you could do in your respective fields. You, you can master that stuff easily because you have the aptitude. But I think the soft skills are like an art, right? That you've got to practice them. And uh, that will open doors for not just you guys, but any kids I think that jump on that theme.
0: So we'll pivot now a little bit to debate. Of course, there's public speaking in general, the idea of just getting out and depending upon your, your you know the audience, sometimes you have to tailor a message. Debate is a little bit different. And both of you were very successful and, and instrumental uh, in in not only Uh, developing part of our program, but also in staying part of as we are leaving Weiss and starting our new venture. uh, And we look forward to working with more students like that. How has being in debate been instrumental for you to have different venues, different, uh, you know, different forms of communication with that? So we'll
3: start, let's start with Alexa this time. So for me, debate was always something that I was so nervous. I would always be like shaking with my notepad, but I feel like over time I got so much more confident speaking and being in part of and being in uh, group settings. And it also really helped me learn how to articulate myself well and get my point across. And I think in all aspects of life, it's important that, you know, you may want a new car, but if you're just like begging and whining and just begging for something, you're not going to get your way. So you are able to lay down a solid argument, I think that that's really one of the ways that debate helped me so much. Even now as just a writer, I always lay out things like claim warrant data impact because I really just think that being able to express your ideas and say the impact of them, like for science for example, you can have a great project, but if it doesn't have an impact, it doesn't matter. So I think that just knowing, being able to weigh out how important your argument what is, is something that is just, that's such an important thing to learn.
1: Awesome. But just before Mike answers that, Alexa, what was your favorite event? Just so our uh, viewers.
0: Yo, I'm going to have them list all the events soon because the Aerospace and ah. Innovation Academy provides some new unique opportunities. But yeah, you can you can say your favorite one now and then we'll go well, back what to- What
1: was your book. favorite event?
3: Mine was definitely public forum, but I also competed in- congress and uh oi which stands for uh Orland
0: but if i recall you were like the public forum team that was like no one wanted to go up against you in palm beach county and then we went to toc and it was like ouch being that you know that fish in the pond and then you got to yeah. like the ocean it was like ouch right mm-hmm. my, so that that was um interesting too so michael
2: Yeah, I think like debate's super valuable because it forces you to like broaden your mindset. We live in a world where like one group of people is going to watch a certain news channel, the other group of people is going to watch a different news channel, one group of people is going to follow some people on social media, the other different people. And we all have like our political bubbles where you can just like stay and like not really know what's going on. So I think debate's super valuable because you're forced to say, well, maybe there's like some merit on both sides. Maybe I shouldn't be so hard right or hard left on this issue. Maybe I should be more in the middle or I'm gonna change my focus completely now that I have like a better understanding and not just listening to like an opinion article but looking at the data, looking at the facts. So I think from like a research and just understanding point of view that's where I get my value out of debate because I think it went a lot farther than just being able to talk because I think that's why you join debate. You join debate because you want to public speak but you stay for all those other skills, all those other viewpoints you gain over time.
0: I think even I, as a coach, I, you know, the longer I was with it, I, I developed no opinion. And by that, I meant I was so used to seeing both sides that it was kind of hard for me not to just go against whomever I was speaking with just because I was like, yeah, but what about this? Like, have you considered? And so- uh,
1: I, I have <laughs> a follow-up question Jeez. for Michael based on your uh, idea about getting out of our own bubbles and, and, and diversity of thought. I knew this really young, fanatical Patriots fan in middle school named Michael Evard. Has he become a Buccaneers fan recently? What's the story there? All right.
2: So I can never root against Tom Brady. He's given so much to the Patriots, six Super Bowls, three MVPs, greatest of all time. So I will. I rooted for the Buccaneers. But if the Patriots played the Buccaneers, it would be Patriots all the way.
1: So you've mellowed in your old age. Now, as you approach your 20s, you've mellowed.
2: I don't know. If uh, Tom Brady wasn't on the Buccaneers, I don't think I'd root for them, but I I will accept that. I
1: I will accept that.
0: I remember how angry you got with me that time that I made you fight on the other side of the Afghanistan argument (laughs) because you're like, no, no, this can never happen. Yep, yep. So I I tell students that story all of the time about, uh, and they, because they love hearing stories about you now that you've been coming back and mentoring, you know, working with the kids and coaching the kids. I love telling them, Little Michael stories from when he was in sixth grade and you were one of only four debate students you know, yeah, at the time.
1: I, I'm trying to remember. Michael, are you one of the kids that we went for a jog one morning and watched the sunrise from the Lincoln Memorial in DC? Were you on that trip?
0: He was on that trip, but he like
1: yeah. like me, we slept in. We were smarter than uh, that. We
0: were I, I, not jogging. It was
1: uh those were some good trips to DC. I Uh, For the viewers, Michael was on, I believe, the very first trip we took to D.C. with um, advocacy with the middle school students. I had done it at uh, years before with high school students, but I had no idea just how more effective I think middle school students are that are articulate and no talking points, no policy issues or bills, and then interact with legislators. I thought that was a really, that was a, you guys were it was a lot of fun. I'll be honest with you. It was more fun than work.
0: Well, it set the the way for me to get involved. And then of course, Alexa's also attended those Mm -hmm. and Alexa just did this year's as well. Had to kind of, were you you sitting in on the one meeting where the F bomb was dropped by the, uh, I forget whose office that was. angry Marine
1: officer for Gates. Gates, Gates's office.
0: Yeah. So that's always, yeah, you heard about that though, right? Where he really took our poor little sixth graders and rip them to shreds. Uh, so let's talk about advocacy, since we're talking about DC on this this part. And it kind of is how our policy group was formed, was this blending, this merge kind of of debate and and science, right? So we would advocate, of course, on behalf of different uh, organizations, whether it was the Space Exploration Alliance, we've had some interviews with them as well, which I'll link to the chat uh, or a link in the description to those episodes, but also with the, aeros- uh, the uh, American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics and Space Exploration Alliance. So let's talk a little bit about that. How how was your experience in D.C. being on the Hill?
2: I think it was just really great to be there, obviously, like the majesty of it. It's really cool to be in Capitol Hill, see all the sites, and just being in those house office buildings and getting the sense like it's the people's house. It doesn't matter if you're a millionaire six-time senator or uh, like a five-foot-four sixth grader. It, everyone deserves to be there, and everyone deserves to have their voice. So just being engaged in the civic and democratic process and understanding you can do this as a private citizen. You can just get involved naturally without having like a political in or anything like that. It was just super encouraging to see how open the political process can be and how we can all participate and move the needle on issues that matter to to us.
3: For me, the DC trips were some of my favorite. I think that DC is just such a I mean it's the nation's capital. It's just the coolest city I think in America to go to. And I I completely agree with Michael. Just being able to see that your uh your advocacy has some impact and like the people's word has, you know, impact and like something that seemed really elite and like only only politicians who are in the thing get to make an opinion and i know the year that i went actually we were advocating on behalf of nasa's budget nasa's budget got like increased i think that year so i don't know i'm not saying we did it but it was so cool just, of doing it it's yeah really cool. it's cool right <laughs> Yeah
0: as we get a little closer to the end of our podcast here, you know, um, you you all have been with us for some time. And as we start this new venture and we welcome uh, new students to try these, if you think back to the idea of how we were able to connect what we were doing educationally with the real world, right? Real adult work, networking, as I think Michael said earlier, um, and just the idea of, of being able to be part of, what children never actually experienced when you think about that model for education how do you think that that has impacted you as a student and, and even beyond and we'll start with miss
3: so i think honestly just that did so much for me in general we always talk about the stem pipeline but i genuinely think i would never have known that i absolutely loved physics and loved stem without the experiences I had. One of my just like most life-changing experiences was going to MIT and meeting Dr. Carrie Kahoy. In any like application or anything I, or like essay, I always write about that. And that was just so inspiring to me. And I just, it was just I, life-changing almost because I just, I'd never found something that I just loved so much. And I just felt like at home there. So I think that the step like getting those experiences at a young age, are so much more than like what a typical school would experience. You would never know in middle school that you loved physics and you loved astrophysics if you weren't actually doing them, doing such hands-on experiments. Because I think part of the thing too is, I hate biology, like doing bio classes, but I work at a bio research lab where I'm doing cancer research and I love it. So sometimes there's a disconnect between what you're learning in the textbooks and what you would actually do hands on. So I think that our hands on learning that we do like with the CubeSats and stuff are just so are just such an incredible experience for the students because they're actually getting to do what they would do in like real life as an adult. So it's cool.
0: Michael.
2: Yeah, I think I have like a little bit different angle on it because I am not really involved with STEM. I'm a political science major and economics minor. So getting that experience like in a normal science class, I do not think I would have been as engaged because when I have that real world application where I have something that I can apply it to and look forward to like the club of CubeSat after the physics class where I can use what I learned in the classroom that was really important for me so I stuck with it because I don't know if I had that other connection if I would have been able to get through it because for me it's just not as interesting but I think it's a real testament to the program how it can get students who may not be leaning towards that STEM career still interested in STEM fields and I think it's very important because STEM whether you're in it or not in it is going to dominate the workforce and jobs for many many years to come so it's very, very important that students from all backgrounds have a little bit of knowledge about it.
0: I, I think too that even for me, you know, I, I was more on the talkie side, like we referringly, you know, recall to ourselves the, the talkies and the techies, right? I had no idea. When I first got involved with this, and I was like, I think it was probably that year, Michael, that maybe 2016, 2017, it's like aerospace. These all are gonna be astronauts. Like I had no idea. But when I went to that MIT trip too, I realized I was like, I could, have, I could have been something different. I had no idea that there was a place for everyone within it because it is an industry. And I think that's what I learned from it. Within the industry, whether you are an artist, whether you are a, um, you know, poli-sci major and you're gonna go into law, whether you're a doctor, there is something for everyone within that industry that you can find that, that niche. So it, it's provided even for me an opportunity, I think, to grow in a way that I would not have otherwise. So I've, it's expanded um, and created opportunities that you know, if you take, even if it isn't in your passion area or something you're so interested in, it, it kind of lends itself to creating almost new passions that are related. So. That's-
1: oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> with that, we've got these new students that will be coming into this aerospace and innovation academy, which by the way, is simply the living manifestation of what you guys did when you were younger in middle school, except we're going to extend it Put it on a little steroids, give it some fertilizer and grow it even more. All right. So we've got incoming, let's say sixth graders. Um, we'll start with Alexa. What advice would you give them if uh you could you know have a little one-on-one conversation with a group of them?
3: I would say don't be afraid, dream big, shoot for the stars, do as much as just as much as experience as you can from that, because I know for me, I was so scared at first to do all of the public speaking stuff and be part of the CubeSat team, and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing and I was going to mess things up, but as time went on, I kind of realized my worth and my value to the team and how I can help, so I think that just getting involved and doing as much as possible, because in the real world, you don't get like experiences like that handed to you. Like I know in high school, I had to you have to email professors and go after opportunities. If you want to speak at a conference, you have to find the conference, send the abstract. And I feel like, you know, at when I was in middle school, there's so many experiences that were just um, given to me. And I think I really took um, that for granted that that's not a universal thing. So really just get, sign up for everything like get as much out of it as you can because you won't get experiences like that again.
0: Michael?
2: Yeah I would say just be ready to work hard and work often like I think so much of those opportunities are just a consequence of hard work. Students are rewarded if they're going to put in the effort and I think that's such a critical skill nowadays because I don't know if now I know this might sound like boomer mentality. I I don't know if this generation works as hard as older generations. So I think if you can distance yourself, it's almost more important than raw intellect. If you can say I'm going to work as hard as I can with what I have, that's just super important. I think a lot of jobs are looking for that and a lot of uh, institutions are looking for that as well.
1: I'll share one very short story about each of you in the time that I had you in my classes and All right. So for Michael, I'm going to go all the way back to the very first semester that I met you in, uh, I believe it was December 2015. We went, Michael and three other boys, we went to Cartersville, Georgia to do something called a captive carry flight with a little piece of a hardware. And this was the first time I saw middle school students have to perform something called a final flight review. And basically you have to talk to the engineers and you have to prove to them, you're not going to destroy the plane and Cause some kind of major damage with your, you know, CubeSat emulator. And of course, you guys, you looked a little nervous, you were rough, but you did it. And that was like the first of many steps that we have made along this path. So I just remember, you always remember first things, right? The first time something happens. I thought uh, Eric, Mart, Mark, and Michael here, I thought they did a great job there. And that, a thousand of those little times you guys helped to build our reputation because you were you were competent and very young so that I appreciate that and Alexa I remember you were part of. Uh, I mean your cohort your cohort really carried the water after Mike's generation moved on to high school and you got us to the finish line and I believe weren't you in the gallery the day that congressman mass uh, introduced the uh, cube sets in education yeah. or, or the Wolverine. A resolution so i you know you don't forget the first time you're in the gallery when your work is presented on the floor of congress so you know we can tell a thousand stories like that
0: i know we could and, and i know we are out of time but i will say alex i know you're going to continue to work with us and i know michael as you're heading off to penn your brothers are following in your footsteps with us so we're regardless you're always welcome to come back talk about the policy work that you're doing maybe even talk to some of our kids as we start thinking about future legislation if nothing else we hope that you will always know that both of you have a home with us because we really have really loved working with you
1: awesome yeah i I'd, i I'd, I'd look forward to having you come back and speak to the wolfpack cubesat development team uh, we have actually members from about eight states now that join us we have kids in hawaii on their lunch break, join us in the evening for our meetings.
0: All all under that umbrella of that new Aerospace and Innovation Academy. So guys, thanks so much. We really appreciate you spending your time with us today. You know, and I think back of all the times that we've had starting this program together over the past six years now, I think it is, those are two students that I know that we will, Always remember. They've been really instrumental in helping to kind of take your content and, and my content and blending it together. So it's really great seeing them as they're about to head off to bigger and better things. I know Michael went off to law school already, having graduated with his degrees. And uh, Alexa's one more year and already interning, as she said. It's incredible the amount of work that they've been able to accomplish. Uh,
1: even amongst a cohort of extraordinary kids, uh, the two students today are even elite amongst our be- very best, and in different ways. They they aren't the same person, that's for sure, but man, they they exhibit all that you want in young people, which mm-hmm. is they were very persistent, they worked very hard, they were willing to learn, and if they had a misstep, they, they were not derailed, and they just got right back up and, and kept going. That's really, I think, all we can ask for many of okay. us is just be persistent and work hard?
0: Well, I think both of them, too, as you said, that they are different, right? You have one who is going to go into the STEM career, uh, one who is not, but who was still able to work at the, the, the biggest end of the capacity for what we were able to provide. So I think my takeaway from listening to them today is, is that I feel edified and reinforced the idea that the program that we provide and the opportunities are really what makes the differences for students as they move forward. And so I look forward to um, continuing these opportunities and providing them for more students.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Michael was one of the founding members of our very first CubeSat team. He handed the torch off to the cohort that included Alexa, and she took our first satellite to the finish line, then Alexa handed off to the next generation and, and so forth. So when you work with uh, middle school and high school kids, you the, the seasons you have them are short. but You try to make the most of them.
0: So if you think that you want to be involved the way the students were today, find us, reach out, and join us. And let's, let's go, go to, to space. space. Are you or a student you love looking to be involved in activities like you hear our students doing? Well, come join us at the Aerospace and Innovation Academy. Our summer sessions will be opening soon where we offer a wide variety from science to space and going even into fall there will be some courses for you as well. So head on over to our Facebook page at GoToSpace, that's go to space that's g o the number 2 space you'll find us there. That's Aerospace and Innovation Academy. You can also reach out to us directly via email at s christensen that's s c h r i s t e n S-O-N, at aerospace-policy.org. Once again, S. Christensen at aerospace-policy.org. Come join us.